You're listening to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Find us online at elevateyoursoul.com with two L's, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Today, I'm speaking with women's health mentor, Alicia Patterson. Alicia is a somatic psychotherapist and body worker. She's been working in the healing and self-awareness field for over 10 years and now focuses her work on somatic counseling, embodiment, and holistic pelvic care. Alicia has coined her own model of self-inquiry and empowerment, fusing therapeutic work with a transformative model of pelvic floor energy work called Your Inner Power. Learn more and connect with Alicia at yourinnerpower.org. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you're a women's health mentor um, and you specialize in healing of the pelvic floor, Mm -hmm. which for me is super interesting because looking at your website and everything that you do, I'm like having light bulbs, you know, go off, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of probably what I need to be utilizing in my life as well. So if you can kind of share, um, first of all, your background and what you do, and then, um, of course, how you even got into this. Yeah, sure. So Um, I am a women's health mentor and my specialty, you know, my focus is reproductive health and sexual health. I really like everything about pelvic health and any of us who've had any kind of challenges, whether it's menstrual difficulties or cysts or fibroids or um, struggling, wanting to get pregnant, you know, really whatever it is, I think most people understand how vital our reproductive and pelvic health is to the rest of our well-being, like our mental health, our emotional health, our sense of our physical well-being, and um, it just impacts everything. So the reason that I got so far into this is because of my own story. So Mm -hmm. I've been through you know, a real ringer with my body and my story and being a woman in the world. And, you know, really like most of us who have uh, these bodies have probably been through a lot just because of the way that the world is right now. And I just went on my own healing journey. Like I've tried anything and everything. I've done so much digging about the holistic healing world of like really working with this area of the body super holistically and naturally and trying to get away from the medical system. And then eventually I started doing pelvic floor therapy for myself with a practitioner um, that was very emotionally and spiritually inclusive, which is really different than some modalities that do internal work. And pelvic floor therapy is internal, intravaginal. It's so powerful. It's really incredible. And within like two months of seeing a practitioner, I said to myself, I want to do this for work. So I (laughs) I already had another career and another very full practice. And I went back to a lot of training and that was about three and a half years ago. And since then, it's just like totally taken off and really enveloped my life and become like my biggest passion project. And that's what I'm focusing my work on now. And it's so beautiful and it's so needed. And it's so, um, there's a major shortage of practitioners. It's like, you know, it's a real thing that's starting to rise in the collective awareness, Mm -hmm. but it's still new for so many people. So that's why I love getting on podcasts. 
talking about I mean, what you do and they're like, wait, you do what? So it's like uncomfortable too, because we don't talk about reproductive health in this way or our pelvic floor, you know, it's not really a discussion that everyone's just concerned about. You know, we think that we can piece our health together, like go to the doctor for this and go to the doctor for that. But you're saying this is holistic as in spiritual, emotional, and physical. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was very intentional with who I went to work with. Um, You know, I had heard a little bit about internal work and was like, oh, you know, I don't know if that's for me. And it took me years to warm up to it. And then I only started doing it because I know the woman who is local to me and I trust her. And so I was like, okay, but even for me, you know, and now I'm a practitioner and for me in the beginning, um, it was really uncomfortable. It was so emotional. Everybody that I work with, it's like, it's incredibly emotional. This place in the body holds so much emotion. The woman I trained with calls this area of the body an emotional storage house. Mm -hmm. So um, it's an incredibly profound healing experience. And it can also like really shift physiology, like just on the basic physical level. So yeah, I I was listening to one of your videos, you were saying that it can actually change your voice. Mm -hmm, Totally. That's crazy. Yeah, the vocal cords, um, my voice has changed like really drastically since I've been doing this work. And um, a lot of people that like really come into, you know, I think of power as the center of the body, which in a lot of different systems is talked about as the uterus or like the pelvic center. And when we drop way down into this area of our body and like live from there and do healing work around there, so many people have changes in their voice. And anatomically, there's um, a really important set of nerve wiring that connects down into the uterus and the cervix that basically runs through the vocal cords. So when you work with pelvic nerves really lovingly and with a lot of respect, people's voice changes. It's really I know it's so wild. That's just mind blowing to me because that's, that's so like, I don't even know what the word is symbolic of, you know, everything. (laughs) It's like our, our voice changes when we heal. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, so many people, like anybody who Um, like has worked in the natural birthing world, for example, like midwives, birth workers, sacred sexuality workers, they all talk about how this pelvic area of your body will open once you really let your voice open. So it's like, I think of it like there's this tunnel and we have a voice at the top at our mouth. And we also have a mouth at the bottom of our body with vaginal opening and the cervix. And working with that like pathway between the bottom mouth and the top mouth and voice is super powerful. Anybody who does voice activation work is they're all often people will talk about like sing from your butt. Like you have to like access the bottom of your body to open your voice. So it's a really incredible phenomenon and so many different fields kind of talk about Um, But I find it to be a really incredible part of the work that I do is helping people just get in touch with their voice and that it's okay to use their voice. I mean, 
these days, like if we just think about how much the voice or the, the true voice or what we need to say or whether it's in the corporate world or in our relationships or with our families or whatever it is, like so many people are just getting their voice shut down and it's incredibly powerful to turn that around. Yeah. I mean, because I, I see a lot of people being constrained or holding back and what you're saying is open, open it up and let it flow. Totally. And, you know, don't hold it back. It's like, it's so satisfying for people. It's, it's such an eradicator of shame and guilt and it goes so hand in hand with pelvic healing. It's like, there's so much shame and guilt that comes up for people around this area of their body. And it's like, this is the, you know, this is the space that makes life. It's like, yeah. So sacred. Yes. So let me ask you about that Um, with the shame and the guilt and the trauma that comes along with that shame and guilt. Mm. Um, Because that's like really it, you know, as you said, it's the emotional storage house, but it's also like the trauma storage house. Like that's kind of what it is. It's holding the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. So where does that shame and guilt, um, how does that get eradicated through this therapy? Yeah. So, um, so I'm also trained as a somatic psychotherapist. So I've had a long history with mental health and a lot of work in trauma recovery. Like I use a lot of trauma informed care and I find that it's really important to be like so aware of what's happening in the body in order to do um, really effective trauma healing. So, Mm -hmm. and that's been my way. Like I've had some trauma in my history. You know, I really think we all do just to different layers and different gradients The biggest thing that worked like really effectively for me was body-based healing, which is um, part of why I got into this work in the first place. So the way that I talk about it is um, I often talk about body and emotional armoring. So like body armor is a word that some people throw around and some people use it in different ways. So I always say like, take it with a grain of salt and this is the way that I use it mm-hmm. is that there's this incredible spectrum of what happens in our mental um, level, our emotional level and our physical, like in the tissue. And sometimes we come in to contact with the body or emotions that are kind of like numb or frozen or disconnected or dissociative, like pretty checked out. Mm-hmm. And, if we give a lot of love and compassion and just listening to what's happening there, like we're not fixing, we're not trying to make it better. We're not explaining it away. Like we're just being with what is true instead of trying to change it. I'm on the soft end. Like I don't do um, a lot of manipulative type body work. I just don't find it effective. So I'm on the like attuning, listening, like really being super in touch with. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is once we put loving contact on tissue or a space in the body that's like pretty challenged or frozen, it will often start to melt like an ice cube. I was just seeing a client today and it's incredible like what can change just from receiving a lot of care and safety and love and respect. 
And oftentimes once that tissue starts to melt, like the ice cube or kind of like a really tight fist starting to open up a little bit, it will often turn into pain or tension or kind of like burning or it's like it's pretty uncomfortable and it can be really challenging to be with that. You know, all these layers are challenging to be with because Mm -hmm. numbness or frozenness is like, why would I want to hang out with that? Like it's boring or it's kind of disturbing. Like I can't really feel what's happening there. But if we just stick with it, then that's when this change starts to happen. And also the pain or the discomfort or the burning or the tension can also be challenging to sit with. But again, if we we just give love, we give attention, we give permission, we listen, we validate, oftentimes that tension or pain pattern will open up into an emotional expression. And this is what's like um, really incredible about this work and also just breaks my heart so much is there's so much rage and grief and shame and guilt. Like usually those are the major players that will come out emotionally. Mm-hmm. And once we, so my, uh, the woman I trained with said that the antidote to shame is honor. Mm-hmm. So we listen to the body. We honor what's happening. We also say, I hear you. I love you. I see you. I'm with you. And if there's any kind of internalized oppression, basically, if we're like shitting on ourselves or blaming ourselves for something that happened to us or telling ourselves that our body is broken or whatever, there's lots of different manifestations of those stories. We say, you know what? We don't need to do that. Like, I don't need to do that to myself right now. And we give permission. So we just say, um, I use this metaphor of sharing the really challenging emotion with the earth so that people don't feel like they're alone with it. So mm-hmm. I'll let them like imagine themselves pouring this rage or shame, like just putting it back into the earth so that it's not just living inside of their cells. Wow. And a lot of times there's many tears or a lot of heat, like, you know, it's really incredible. People just start sweating their ass off. Sometimes they're like, I feel like I'm being burned up. And so we just let it move and we like celebrate it and we're like, okay, let's breathe with it. And this is what's really challenging for people because this like emotion that can feel really like heavy or so hard for people they're like, I don't want to feel that. So I'd rather check out or I'd rather Mm -hmm. like grip or I'd rather brace or I'd rather say I need a break or whatever it is. And we always say, you know, if we need a break, we stop. But usually if we stick with that whole process, and that could also be like one minute, it doesn't have to be this like horrible thing. It can move very efficiently. It's really beautiful. Eventually, if all of that opens up, and it doesn't always move like that, you know, some people come in and they don't really feel much physical discomfort, but it's very emotional. And so that's the only thing that we need to address. But usually once that spectrum is allowed to move, then vitality in the tissue, which is warm, spongy, 
tingly, vibrating, like pulsing at a regulated rate and love and joy and bliss and ecstasy. That's when it comes alive. Wow. Spectrum from frozen to vitality and love and joy. And everybody wants to go from frozen, like right over to joy, but it just doesn't work like that. (laughs) It's like, I wish it worked like that, but it just doesn't really work like that. You know, one of my favorite sayings is the only way out is through. So we really have to go Mm -hmm. through the change and it's so beautiful. It can be so profound. It doesn't have to be like super hard and it takes a lot of emotional intelligence. Like this is like high level advanced work. It took me years to be ready to do something like this with a practitioner. So Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, people who come to this work are usually like, I've done so much work on myself. I am so tired of talking about it. I'm ready <laughs> to heal my body. Like those, those are the types of clients that I usually work with and, and they get amazing results. So, you know, and it's really not about me. It's like, this is just an incredible modality. And I right. think I'm so grateful that I have great training and like ability to facilitate it but it's really just the healing power of the body. It's like, it's so incredible once you know what you need to do and the type of tools that you might use and some practices. And um, I just think it's really incredible. I think that like everybody have access to this. I'm, I'm so excited to learn about this um, for myself and my own trauma that I've been through. Um, But what you said about like people going from frozen to joy and wanting to go through that experience real quick because we don't like to experience that middle part. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to talk about that for a second because what I've noticed is sometimes the frozen part of it is more comforting than the feeling of your feeling part of it. Definitely. Oh, for sure. It's um, just like you said, it's like, that's what we know. So when things start to open up and it, you know, I said this to one of my teachers years ago, she was like this elder, like tiny little old lady. And she's been in the embodiment and healing world for like over 60 years. And I was like, being in my body doesn't always mean feeling good. And she just looked at me like, they're starting to get it, you know, like it it can be so painful. But I always talk to people about like, the joy and the openness and the love that you want to feel is on the other side. And you've got yes. you yeah. have to know that it's on the other side or else it's like, why would I do that? Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that through healing of my emotional wounds to begin with. And it's, it's not a fun journey, but then you're like, you have enlightenment on that other side of, of that healing. Yeah. Totally. It is really not for the faint of heart. You know, it's like I've done so much healing work on myself. It doesn't really get easier, even though it becomes more familiar or I'm like, okay, like I understand this. It's not so foreign, but um, it takes so much courage. Like mm-hmm. everyone that I work with, I'm always like bowing to the vulnerability and the courage that it takes to Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have, you have to be able to hold a lot of space for them, uh, in what you do. Oh yeah. Lots. 
big, big space holding and I love it. And it really feeds me. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I really benefit from working with people who are open to it. Like, I think it like selfishly in a way it kind of validates something that I'm like, okay, like I'm not insane. I'm not the only one who like understands that this is powerful. Um, Cause it's taboo. You know, I talk with a lot of people who are like, they're kind of offended, but they're also kind of curious and they're like, they don't really know how to process what I'm talking about. Uh, But it's just, it's so incredible to me that it's starting to be, be, um, starting to become, excuse me, part of the wider dialogue. Yes. People, I, in my upbringing, like I never heard anybody talk about the public floor and I'm talking with people and they're like, Oh, you do public floor work. And there's this, um, I mean, humanity is in a very contracted place in so many ways, but there's also this expansion and this openness and this like orientation towards healing that, you know, I feel like I have to believe in it or else I'll just get a little hope about the world. Oh, that's really beautiful and encouraging. <laughs> so um, one of the things that you do really well, I think, on your website is educate people about um, the pelvic floor and the muscles and the bowl. Um, and so if you can explain a little bit about that and, and how it supports us. Definitely, yeah. And I just want to say, you know, I don't know how wide your audience is, but no matter what people's genitals are, no matter how we identify, everybody has a pelvic floor. So I was having a conversation with a young man recently who I did a different podcast with and he was like, oh, well, I don't have a pelvic floor, so I can't relate. <laughs> like, yes, you do. You know, we all have a pelvic floor. So. That's a really good point. I mean, I didn't even think about that, but that's a really good point. We all have a pelvic floor. Okay, cool. <laughs> way, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, the ways of accessing it is just a little bit different based on the body. So our pelvic bones make up a bowl, like an actual three-dimensional bowl, like a cereal bowl. And down into that 3D bowl space, literally sitting like everyone who's listening, we can just feel down into the base of our body. Some people like to put their hands on their pelvic bones and kind of wiggle their hips a little bit. And they're like, oh yeah, okay. Those are my, my pelvic structure bones. The pelvis is like so flexible and movable, but also very sturdy. Such an amazing part of the body. And the pelvic floor is this brilliant muscle tissue network that lines the bottom of the pelvic bones and like fills the pelvis and surrounds the vaginal canal and the um, rectum. So it like supports and surrounds all the reproductive organs and the bottom of the digestive organs. And it's just this like foundation of stability and support. I think of it like the foundation of a house. Mm -hmm. I always use this metaphor. If the foundation of a house is off or suffering or numb or damaged or traumatized or whatever it is, everything else above it is going to be off. It's going to suffer. So this is why I feel like people who do pelvic floor work have like I've experienced incredible changes in my digestion I've experienced a really big change with my menstrual cycle which is like so 
connected into the pelvis mm-hmm. and um, a real change in my cognitive functioning and my moods. So this is where I feel like it's all so connected and the pelvic nerves that are running through all of our pelvic tissues, they plug into the spine, the bottom of the spine, which means they're sending electrical messages up into our brain. Wow. And it's, it's just profound. It's like, of course, people who have pelvic or sexual trauma have digestive difficulties and they have like incredible mood dysregulation and they have a lot of anxiety. And it's like, of course, you know, our pelvic nerves are sending messages right into our brain. So that's why I'm all about it. Like, let's give so much love and respect and honor and start to really heal and address any old symptoms of shame or body hate or abuse or rape or medical trauma. Like the list just goes on and on of all the things that could Mm -hmm. be addressed. And I was just going to ask you about that. So rape, sexual assault, um, you mentioned abortion, miscarriage, traumatic birth. It it can address all all of those and more. Yeah. You know, everything from, I think of anything that has been like very jarring or very challenging, whether it was physical or emotional to this area of the body as pelvic trauma. So that could be a motor vehicle accident. It could be falling on our tailbone when we were a kid and fracturing that space. And now we have chronic pain. It could be a medical procedure. Like I went through a medical procedure in my youth before I had any wits about me to have informed consent. So I've had a long healing journey of um, healing this area that was operated on. Mm -hmm. And it can also be like anything around pregnancy or fertility or sex, whether it's an assault or rape or abuse as a child, you know, we know the statistics around all of this. It's like Mm -hmm. so many people have something like this in their history and almost everyone that I've worked with, something like that has come out where there's been an assault or abuse or rape. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I just don't know anyone that doesn't have something to do with it, you know, that doesn't have some sort of trauma, really. I don't. <laughs> I, I hate to say that, but yeah. everyone in my circle does have trauma. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And um, that's the amazing part about this work is I feel like there's people who are like, I don't want to be entrenched in my trauma history, but I also know that there's something in my body that wants to be addressed. Those are like the people who have such amazing transformations because they're like, I, I'm not attached to the story. Like, I don't want that to be my story anymore, but I also know that there's something in my my cells, like my actual imprint in my body, and I'm ready to address it. And I got to that point in myself. I was like, I'm so over the story. Let's go to the body. Okay. This is like such a good conversation, just even for for myself. So I know it's reaching other people as well and resonating. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that healing of all of this trauma um, to 
ourselves and our body with the emotions um, that we've gone through and are going through during the healing process is leading to the divine feminine rising and the uh, awakening that's happening. Oh yeah. I totally, I love that. I love that you brought that in. Um, I also just wanted to say like backtracking a little bit, sometimes telling the story is a very important part of the healing journey. I don't at all want to miss that. You know, I've been through many years where I like had to tell the story just because that was where I was at. So I don't want to minimize that. Yeah. Uh, It's part of your journey is what you're saying. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's important, you know, storytelling is like a whole healing modality in itself. So, um, yes, it can be important. And the story often comes out with the bodywork experience. It's like, it's both. Um, so the divine feminine. Yeah. I mean, I don't always talk about this like super openly and really, this is the foundation of why I do this work, this whole, um, you know, climate change and where the world is at is ultimately like one of my biggest personal, like I'm so concerned. I'm, I really like flip out about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And for me, the connection to the earth, this area of our body is our connection to the earth It's how we feel what's going on with the world that gives us a home. Mm. And I see that as so incredibly linked to this divine feminine rising that you're talking about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just curious because I, I feel that that's kind of your big why. And that's, a lot of the the ascension that's happening and awakening that's happening and also the whole point of my podcast is is part of that as well so i did want to bring that up because i feel that the core of it is 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 this yeah yeah i mean really like we humanity like we've got to wake up and for me at this point, like I really think about stuff like this where I'm like, okay, well, you know, I want to be as connected and alert and awake as I possibly can be Mm -hmm. or when shit goes down because like I see it happening, I see it coming. And if we are going to make a big change and be able to turn things around with the climate, I really feel like it's going to be because people get more connected to their bodies and they're going to realize like, Oh my God, if I'm like really connected to myself and my body and the earth, I'm not going to be littering and like making choices that are so detrimental to the resources that sustains all these humans. Right. So it's huge for me. It's really like, I feel like I have to kind of like temper it a little bit, (laughs) go way (laughs) off with it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could get on a soapbox and start preaching. <laughs> For sure. I, I hear you. Um, so, okay. So, so just as a one thing that everyone listening, how can, like, what's one thing that everyone can start to do to embody this um, more of this healing and also getting to know their pelvic floor? Yeah. Yeah, I love these questions. So... A, um, 
very like mild introduction can be to quit sucking in your belly for anybody who's unconsciously and consistently sucking in the belly it's constantly contracting the abdominal muscles and the abdominal muscles plug into and connect to the pelvic floor. Wow. So if we have <laughs> an unconsciously tight abdominal system and we're always flexing and we're always sucking in, it's going to lead to an overly taut and probably very weak. So very tight muscles are also usually weaker. Stronger muscles are resilient and flexible and they can rest and then they can also contract. If you want a little um, more of like, you know, a little more depth with yourself, everyone can place their whole hand right around the vulva or right under the testes and like just pressing on any soft tissue tender space. And basically right underneath the very bottom pelvic bones, you can press into that area and that is part of your pelvic floor. Wow. You'll notice. You'll notice if it hurts. You'll notice if it's numb. You will notice if there's um, a lot of tension and you're like, whoa. You'll notice if it feels really good to you and you're like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I just encourage people to be really curious and judging, like no judgment, just be curious about what you feel, and we all start somewhere. Oh my gosh, this could lead to so many different directions and so much healing. So much healing is held in this place, mm-hmm. or power, or potential of healing <laughs> is held in this place. Totally. It's a wild universe. It's really like, that's why I formed the way that I work. It's like, there's so much here. And an hour session, honestly, it's just not enough. So Mm -hmm. I can see that. So let me ask you, how, how do people work with you? Is it, do you work online or is it in line online and in person? Um, I do work online. It's really, it kind of depends. So I do work in person and people who are local, and there's been a couple of people who have traveled here or they happen to be in town. So they want to like do a little intensive together. And for people who are not local or it's way too far to travel, like I said, there's a major shortage of practitioners. So um, I do work virtually with people and it changes things a little bit. It's more like we do more education and process work And then for your own body healing journey, I give you tools. So Mm -hmm. I give you recorded practices. I'm talking to you about what to do. I'm basically helping you start to do self-practice work because we're not close enough to work in person together. And people who do self-practice work have incredible um, changes in their body. And some people really prefer, like they're not ready to work with someone in person, but they want to do this work. Mm-hmm. So I offer both and I really love it. I love all of it. I like having a wide range of how I work with people. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's good to be able to connect online for those who can't travel or um, aren't local to you because like you said, there is a shortage shortage of practitioners. And so I'm just glad that you have the different options for people to work with you. 
Yes. And I'm starting to put together, I think hopefully this fall, I've got two parts of it made already. And I think I have three more um, starting to have some like online options available. That's, you know, one-on-one -on -one work can be more expensive. So to do like a do-it-yourself digital program or a group online program is usually a little more affordable. So I'm looking at rolling those out within a few months. And I'm super excited for that because um, I really would love to work with everyone who reaches out to me. And the one-on-one yeah. -on -one work is not always feasible for everyone. So I'm going to hopefully, and this is why I've started doing this, I get so many inquiries and people are like, you know, I can't travel or I can't afford the one-on-one -on -one work, but I want to do something. So that's why I've started to put yes. together different levels of, um, so that people can engage based on where they're at. You're going to see a, a really strong response to that because it's just so needed. And so, yeah, the digital part is going to be a major success. I can tell you that. Um, so is there anything else you want to share before we close? Because I, I don't feel like, I mean, I have so many questions, but we could go on and on about it. <laughs> yeah, we totally, we could. Um, let's see, I guess, you know, like if someone's listening and I like never engage with them, the one thing that I think I would want to offer them would be, um, take it slow. Like if you want to work with your body, you can explore, like it's your body. You can totally explore things and try different things and work with your own body and then take a little break and see how your body does with it. I've heard of some people trying out practices or different tools and um, like not really knowing what they're doing and then they kind of inflame their body and it hurts. So I just say you can totally explore and take it slow and see how your body does with it before you go like yeah. super intense, like four days in a row or something. <laughs> like, like you got a personal trainer and you're like back at the gym every single day, forcing yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lifelong journey, you know, it's like, yeah. this is like a rest of your life thing. And in my experience, consistent, like easier for your body to integrate is much better than going like super. It's like anything else you go super hard, way too soon, way too much all at once. Your body's going to be like, fuck mm. off. Why? Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. So <laughs> it's going to rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a practice, you know, just bring it into your awareness. And if you're ready for the next level, you'll know, you'll know when it's ready to do something more. Um, and your website is yourinnerpower.org, which I love that name because it's, it's defines exactly what you're doing there. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to go check out Alicia on yourinnerpower.org and get more information, join her mailing list, and just learn about the pelvic floor and why it's considered the emotional core, or what did you call it, the emo emotional storage house? That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Alicia. I really appreciate you sharing your insights in this education. It's so profound and needed. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I had a great time talking with you about all of it. So I appreciate it.
Thanks for listening to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Elevate Your Soul, helping you remember your purpose and shine your light so that you can live a totally orgasmic life.